The Look, July 18th. More days go by, and the room is getting smaller and smaller. I can feel sometimes these walls pressing in on my skull, and yet they are all that I know. I look out the window to the streets below and watch the aimlessness of the people and cars as they go back and forth. Some go from left to right. Others go from right to left. I watch them for some time. Then I look straight ahead. There are other apartment buildings across from mine. And if my vision could burn a hole straight through the walls, they would see more and more buildings. What are the people in those buildings doing? How many are engaged in satisfying pursuits? How many are merely existing? How many are waiting to die? How many question the lies? How many didn't question the lies? I know, perhaps, that there are people I could talk to as they walk by as strangers. People who could improve my life if I could meet them, know them. To see them and to allow them to enter my life. But for this to happen, I would have to be audacious. I would have to choose the person I wanted to know and force myself upon that person. All the effort would have to be mine. I would have to become a familiar part of that person's daily routine. And I would have to know who I was even as I was getting to know that person. I went down to the street where it was still hot from the bright afternoon sun. I saw the people wandering by aimlessly. I tried to catch snippets of conversation. It was too early to paint black and white pictures. That person I definitely wouldn't want to know, but that person would surely be a pleasure to spend some time with. What could I do that didn't seem artificial? I sat on the train moving along, along, along. The people around me who had once seemed so sympathetic were growing day by day more and more ghastly in appearance. Those people who had once looked well-dressed, energetic, and in good spirits now seemed to be slumped, dour, giving off a slight odor and completely colorless. Someone fell over, drunk, and nobody bothered to pick him up. When the train stopped, people walked around him and got off. Others who got on were careful not to step on him or kick him in any way. How nice. I think about the many areas in the world that train lines don't service. There is still wilderness and mystery left in those places, but most of us never come close to it. 
Why should we? We have our cities that involve so many possibilities that we never need more. As we can't even explore a tiny fraction of what we've got. Hey, who would want to explore anything if they have already lived in a big city with their wires overloading every day, forcing them towards early deaths? Who? Who? Sitting on the train, I had become lost in these futile thoughts. I remembered this. I remembered that. I projected this. I projected that. At some point, I looked up. Across from me was a girl. She was sitting as rigid as a board. Her neck was longer than any I'd ever seen before. Her hair tied back, wearing a pink frilly dress, white knee socks, black shoes. There was something strange about the way her eyes matched her eyebrows. And there was an unlit cigarette dangling in her mouth. She had a directionless look in her eyes. In a sudden instant, her eyes darted and she looked directly at me. I allowed myself to stare into her eyes for a fraction of a second and then looked down. For that fraction of a second, a whole world opened up to me. I felt like I might know who this girl was, what she represented, and she was human to me, more human than anyone I had ever met, perhaps. More importantly is that, for the instant that I stared into her eyes, I saw myself looking into her eyes, a slouched, sweaty, long-haired boy, his clothes in disarray, eyes askance. I could not have been more different from her at that time, or more different from anyone around me. I looked down and inspected something on the floor. When I looked up a few minutes later, she was gone. When would I ever see her again? Probably never. The train would continue on but never again would any combination of passengers ever see each other in that train again, or any other train. That night when I went to sleep, I saw that face floating before my vision. It was always looking at me, like a living, breathing mask. She might have been thinking something about me, analyzing me, perhaps condemning me for staring at her so blatantly. She was a floating head to me. The neck, the face, the eyes, the hair, the unlit cigarette. The next night was the same as the first, as were all the nights of that week. I didn't look out of my window anymore. That image burned so brightly. I thought about it every day for the next weeks, and also for the next months. Years later even, I was still thinking of that look. I had changed a lot since then. 
but the memory hadn't. I now wore good clothes. I had a good job. I knew more people. Yet I was still reserved. I wondered how she had changed. I thought about her, figuring that she would probably wear that pink dress day after day, never light that cigarette, never change those socks. I sat on the train still, the slow local train instead of the faster express, sitting in a similar seat, looking down sometimes looking up to examine the other passengers. That vision haunting me over and over again. <laughs> <laughs>